Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. A couple of years ago, my wife and I had the privilege, we were invited to a fundraiser for Loving Choices, and it was the first time that I got acquainted with that ministry, and I read through the brochure and began to um, see everything that this ministry was doing for young women, young women who are um, many times in crisis and, you know, are looking for what, what the best uh, option is for them, what the best choice is for them. And so then, you know, so we sewed into the ministry then, but I never really knew that Nicole and I would get connected with their direct, the director of that ministry. And when we did, we began to um, get even more familiar, and um, God opened up the door for us to become friends and begin to have a, a relationship that went much deeper than what we anticipated, and we are so thankful. And so this morning, it's an honor for me uh, because we have a special guest minister that we're, we felt to have. It's our first guest minister is Vision Church. And, and so we were honored to ask Miss Dana Schwedahl, uh to come and bring the word this morning. Would you welcome her this morning? Glory to God. We're happy to have you. Thank you. It's an honor for me. Can y'all hear me okay? Happy Mother's Day. I want to start with that. I want to say thank you to all the mothers. If you were to ask me, what is the greatest joy of my life, I would say being a mom. If you would ask me the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, it would, I would say to be a mom. But I'm, I'm just so thankful I have three children, four grandchildren, and they are a joy in my life. So I just want to say happy Mother's Day to each one of you. As he said, my name is Dana Sweetall, and I'm the Executive Director of Loving Choices. For those who don't know, Loving Choices is a pregnancy resource center. We help girls in crisis. We offer free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. We have some free counseling we'll talk about in a minute. Um, we have a mobile unit. I don't know who saw it coming in. Did everybody see it coming in? Afterwards, you'll get a chance to view where we take her to different area locations. If a girl can't get to me, I'm going to her because I'm going to make sure she gets what she needs. Um, so Loving Choices is in its, in its 32nd year of serving people and girls in unplanned pregnancies. We have a facility in Fayetteville, like I said, and one in Rogers. So I just want to thank everyone for allowing me to be here to talk a little bit about it. Typically, I talk about the stats, which we're going to start with. Um, last year, Loving Choices served 973 women. 116 of those were women who were abortion-minded that chose to keep their babies. So I praise God for that. Our clients range in ages from 13 to 54, 26% of which fall between the ages of 15 and 19, 53% are single, 74% will identify themselves as Christians, and 16% that have walked through our doors at that moment are considering abortion. Four out of 10 girls that get an abortion are sitting in a church pew every Sunday which is why my vision is to get into churches and share loving choices and how we can help. I had a daughter. She was 18. She decided that she didn't like our rules, so she was going to go out on her own, and she did. And our joke at our house is she came back with a souvenir. She got pregnant. So <laughs> um, I can't imagine the world without my granddaughter. 
But I will say she was serving in a church, going to church every Sunday, serving in a church. And when it was found out that she got pregnant, she was asked to leave. She wasn't allowed to serve anymore. She could go, but she couldn't serve. And unfortunately, that is the atmosphere that is out there in a lot of churches. Um, girls feel more welcomed. I hate to say it at Planned Parenthood, sometimes they do in a church, which is why girls choose what they choose, because they don't feel the love that they should feel in church. And I just want to thank Phil and Nicole for being a church that's different, and it's going to be a place that can embrace girls. And I pray this church, a girl walks through those doors, and that she is um, a single mom, that we embrace her. We love her, because that girl chose life, and we need to embrace her. Clients who do choose life by making either an adoption plan, we don't adopt at our center, but we work with Bethany, a, a Christian adoption organization. Um, those who choose life or adoption are allowed to come into our care center. Now let me explain a little bit about our care center. The one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to go to a girl, she comes to me in a crisis, and she's brokenhearted, and I sit there with her, you can do it, you can do it, and I cheer her on, and she decides, you're right, I can do this. And then I say, good luck, see ya. Because I want to embrace her. I want to be there for her. We have to offer more than just a thumbs up to her. So we have a care program. The girl comes to the program and she stays in the program until she is delivered and has a baby that's nine months old. We want to walk with her through the 18 months. She's going to meet with a mentor once a week and they're going to watch videos on how to be a good mom. What changes her body's going through, what resources that we have out there and everything that we have to offer. And then she's going to earn mommy bucks. And with those mommy bucks, she's going to buy diapers, wipes, maternity clothes, baby clothes, whatever she needs to be successful as a mom. Baby beds, car seat, you name it, whatever she needs to be successful, we're going to help her get her hands on for free. Everything we do is for free. Um, so, but today I want to talk about something a little bit different. There are clients that didn't feel like they had a choice but to abort, and usually I talk about the lost baby. But I don't want to do that. It's Mother's Day, and I want to talk about lost motherhood because those moms missed out on motherhood, and I think that we need to be there for them. I grieve when I meet a girl that comes in and she talks about um, that she didn't feel like she had any other choice. I grieve for her because she's going to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm okay, there's no problem. But the truth is, she's brokenhearted. I met a woman one time that came in, and she had an abortion 30 years prior, and she chose to never have children again after that. And I asked her why, and she said, I don't deserve to. And that is the mentality that these women have, that they don't deserve to be happy, they don't deserve to be a mom, and it's so far from the truth. So our goal is to make them feel loved. So we have a program that is abortion recovery program. And this program is taught at evenings so that it's more, more private. It can be done in a group or it can be an individual, whichever they feel is best for them. And we're going to get them healed because you know what? The world has told her it's a clump of tissues. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But the truth of the matter is she knows. She knows it was a baby. She knows it was her baby. And she suffers a loss like I can't even imagine. I want these women to get a chance to grieve and I want them to get healing because they deserve to be healed. Psalms 34:18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. I can't imagine the pain that they feel. 
So the classes that are taught, it's on surrender the secret, because most of them have kept it a secret. I don't think I've ever spoken in a church that I didn't have people come up to me afterwards 30 years ago, 40 years, 20 years ago, I had one, and I am grieving. And I want them to know we have help for them, because they need healing, they need recovery, and every woman that teaches this class has had an abortion and has been healed, because there is healing for them, and I want them to know that. In the back, on the, there's some cards, and it's going to have a, the abortion recovery number on it, and I want anyone that knows someone or needs a card to grab it and share it. There's also some other information on Loving Choices, if, like you said, you ever want to help out or anything, the things you can do. We've also hired men, and our lovely pastor is one of them <laughs> that's going to start counseling men. I want you to realize that this is not just a women's issue. That's what everybody's told, that men don't have a voice. And it's so much further than the truth. I'm, I got to meet with this couple one time, and the guy's sitting there, and he's got his hands folded, and he's being quiet. And the girl's like, I just got to get, I got to get rid of this. That's their, that's just their initial. I just got to get rid of this. I got to make it go away. And I just felt led to ask him, how do you feel about this? Whatever she wants, because that's what he's told. He's supposed to say her body, her choice, her voice, whatever she wants. I just want it to be... Um, I just want to know I support her. I looked at that guy and I said, no, you got one shot, one chance right now that you can say, no, I'm standing up for it. It's my child too, and I want that baby to have a chance. And he said, you're right. I'm going to be mad at her. I'm never going to forgive her. And she like looked at him like, well, you've never said that before. But they're having a baby. And she just needed him to step forward. But most of the time, when I go in the room to meet with, a, I'll meet with a girl, she's, maybe she was abortion mind, and she's, okay, no, I can do this, you're right. We call the guy in, he comes in, he looks at me like I'm his mother, and he doesn't want to hear what I have to say. So that's why I felt like we needed to bring men in, because I wanted the men to talk to the men to give them a voice. And so it's been amazing, it's brand new, but it's been amazing um, the way it's working out. I never dreamed that this job was going to affect me so personally. Not only my personal story, uh, the reason I even got into this, I'll share with you, is I was a senior in high school, and my friend that I, I'm from a small town in Alabama. I know y'all probably thought I was from the north, but I'm from Alabama. And <laughs> so um, I, uh, you go from kindergarten to 12th grade with the same kids if you're in a small town. And so I'd gone 12 years with this girl to school. And Rumor has it, I found out she was pregnant. And I knew God was telling me, say something to her, be a friend to her, help her. And I didn't know what to say. I'd never been faced with a situation like this, so I backed off. I was like, well, I just don't know what to say. Well, she went and had an abortion. I watched this girl who was salutatorian of our school go to college, drop out of school. She failed out of school. She tried to commit suicide because the pain she was carrying inside was too much for her to bear. So that's why... Um, I told God, I messed up. I should have reached out to her. So I told God, I will never say no again. When you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. Whatever God asks you to do, either you do it, or later on he's going to get you to do it anyway. And it's going to be a, a long path to get there. So I decided, okay, I'm here, God. I'm going to do this. Um, time passed, got married, had three kids. Um, I was a corporate trainer for a company in corporate America, and I'm doing an audit for Colgate. And I heard, this is all I heard, it's time. 
I said, okay, God, it's time. So I know a lot of y'all have heard Chris's story, uh, my husband, <laughs> that um, I, I was making pretty good money as a corporate trainer, and a nonprofit is not known for making money. So not only was I going into a nonprofit, the only thing they had available was a part-time receptionist. And I said, okay, God, I told you I would not say no, so here I am. I'm doing this. So Friday I accepted. Monday God opened up the door for my husband and his job. It was amazing. But I have been serving at Loving Choices for seven years. I went to the receptionist, site director, and I'm the executive director for the last three years. And it has been a blessing to see life. I went, one that comes to mind is, I went um, and told them that all weekend calls can come to me. I want us to be available 24-7, so anybody that was to text the center, the calls came to me. So I got one on a Friday, and a girl said, I just had an abortion. I don't know what I've done. I, I, I regret it. I'm sick. I don't know what, I, what to do. We brought, I brought her, I called one of my nurses. We brought her into the office, and we did an abortion reversal on her. And yes, that is possible. You'll hear them say it's bogus. I sat there and watched it. Um, the abortion pill stops progesterone from getting a baby, so we flood her body with progesterone. And I think that first sweetest moment was 24 hours later, we have to see what happens, and baby had a heartbeat. I don't know who cried harder, her or me. Um, and the dad, he was there. But to go to the hospital and to hold that baby and to be a part of that, there's nothing like it. It was the most amazing thing to be a part of this. So there are days that are hard, I'm not going to lie. There are girls that don't choose to go that route. But you know what? They need to be embraced and they need to be loved. And they need to be accepted. And they need to be healed more than anything. Because they'll carry this for years if they don't get healing. So, back to the statistics, which is what I normally talk about. <laughs> Since Roe versus Wade in January of 1973, over 60 million babies have been aborted in the United States. So, you probably can't picture what 60 million babies looks like. So, a map of the United States. We're going to lose enough states to equal out 60 million people. So, imagine the United States without Alaska without Arkansas, without Connecticut, without Delaware, no Idaho, no Iowa, we lose Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oregon, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Utah, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. That's how many babies have been lost since Roe versus Wade. As many of you might not know, there's a lot of stirring going on right now. I'm sure you've heard about New York and everything that's going on there. Um, if you haven't, New York is now allowing abortions up to birth. And now they're doing infanticide, which means babies born alive in an abortion, the mother gets to decide, does it get care or does we, do we allow it to die? And 
Alabama, go Alabama, roll tide, um, has a, <laughs> I got to throw it in there, you know that. <laughs> they have a case right now that is supposed to go up to the Supreme Court. In the state of Alabama, if you commit murder of one person, life in prison. If you kill two people, it's the death penalty. So this guy shot and killed his girlfriend, so he is getting the life, I mean, he's getting the death penalty in the state of Alabama. Well, they're saying it's unconstitutional. And the reason they're making it so dramatic is they want it to make it to the Supreme Court. So your prayer can be that as these things make it to the Supreme Court, that Roe versus Wade is overturned. In the state of Arkansas, they've already got it on the books. If Roe versus Wade is overturned, there will be no more abortions in the state of Arkansas. And many other states are following suit. So that can be your prayer. But let's bring it closer to home. We talked about how many are lost in the, in the United States. Let's talk about just our state. Almost 4,000 babies have been, were aborted last year in the state of Arkansas. Now, it's hard to picture that amount. So I want you to think about, in your mind, if I said two pennies. That's easy to picture. You can picture two pennies. What if I said a dozen eggs? You can picture a dozen eggs. But can you honestly picture 4,000? Well, I'm going to help you this morning. As you see on here, I got it. This is 4,000 baby footprints, sets of baby footprints, everyone representing a baby that was aborted here in the state of Arkansas. That is how many babies have died in the state of Arkansas just last year. And this represents every mother who has lost out on motherhood last year alone. And this is nationwide a problem. This is just Arkansas. What I want you to realize is, we'll just, you just lay it down. I talked to you about Roe versus Wade, and I talked to you about all the things politically that are being done. But do you know what would end abortion? I told you four out of ten girls are sitting in a church pew and don't feel like they have anyone to go to or talk to. To be a church that people can come to and feel like it's a safe place and that they're going to be embraced in love is what's going to end abortion. We have to change the mind of churches and change the minds of Christians. This is not a political issue. This is a heart issue, and we're at the root of it. And I just pray that, and I am so thankful for a church that allows you would not believe how many churches that I go to and say, hey, can I come talk about this? Can I come share with your youth group? Can I, can I help? You've got girls that are sitting in your pews. Well... No, this is a sensitive issue, and it doesn't need to be talked about in the church. Because there are people out there that are hurting. I know. That's why I want to come. I want to help these people find healing. This is not something you heal from on your own. The reality of this sticks with a girl. Let's think about the delivery date. She didn't forget when her baby was told she was going to be due. Every year she knows when that baby's birthday would have been. Every year she knows she'll see a baby that's two and know, oh, that's what my baby should be too. I should have a two-year-old. They're not to be condemned, these girls. They're to be embraced and loved and find hope and healing in a church. If they can't find it here, where can they find it? It's just going to be a repeat. They're just going to continue to do it, and the cycle is going to continue. I have girls that have come back to me over and over and over 
And they, don't, they just don't feel like they have another choice. And there's a couple of programs, even churches I can do. Embrace Grace. This is one where girls are sent to a church. They come to us. And yes, I can help them with material things. And we do Bible studies with them. And there's so many things that we do to help these girls. But she's only with me until baby's nine months old. Then what? I can't follow up with all of them. I mean, I had almost 1,000 just last year, and this is a yearly thing. I need churches to embrace these girls, to show them how to be a mom, mentor them. You don't have to just come to Loving Choices to be a mentor. We bring girls to you. You love on them. You mentor them. Take them to, you know, to lunch and so much. You love them. I have another one that's called um, Making Disciples. It's a program for churches to learn how to minister to these girls that need it. Either ones that are broken from abortion or ones that are pregnant that feel like, okay, this church is a safe haven. I can come to this church. And that's what I want us to be, and that's what my prayer is, um, that I can get into more churches to help them understand what's going on out there. I'm going to leave you something tangible you can do. There are some baby bottles in the back. When you leave, they're going to be passed out. All we ask that you do is to fill it up with change. You can bring it back on Father's Day. Because remember, fathers are just as important in this whole process. Um, I'll pick them up. I'll take them to Loving Choices. Now, I kid you not, I went to a church one time. This guy said, I can't take one of those. I said, why not? Because I don't have change. I said, honey, we will take $100 bills, dollar bills. I don't care. Write a check. So if you're not one that has change, I'm okay with that. You can put stuff it with dollar bills, stuff with $100 bills. Um, you got a paper when you were coming in? I know we have some millennials in here that like to do texting. You can text me money. I don't have a problem with that. Any way you want to get money to me, we will take it. Last year alone, we raised over $100,000 just in baby bottles filled with change. So this year you get to be a part of it. So that's something tangible you can do. Of course, the other tangible thing you can do is pray. Pray for where God wants to use you because you know what? Everybody can do something. I don't care. We have Friday. Every Friday I send out a prayer email, and these emails are about the girls that have come in that week that maybe are abortion-minded or they're broken or the care girls that have need jobs or whatever the case may be. We have different um, prayer requests that go out every Friday. Be a prayer partner with Loving Choices. Um, obviously, you can support us financially. We already talked about that. You may want to come to the center. You may want to be a mentor for these girls. There's different areas. You can mentor a girl in crisis, or you can mentor a girl that's on the care side that wants to parent. You're going to help her learn how to be a good parent. Because all you moms out there, you've done it. You know how to help these girls. And if someone will show them that they can do it, it makes a difference in their life. Because a lot of our clients, you saw they're single, they're young. I've had a couple of them that got kicked out of their homes because they chose to life. Um, they need mentors. And maybe you don't have the hours to come to the center. You have a job and you can't. I have people that are on a list that one lady, this is what she does for us. I'm, anything you can do, I'll find a place for you. So one lady says, well, I can't come to the center. I, don't have, I can't get there. I'm elderly. She said, but I can cook. She cooks meals, casseroles. We freeze them at the center. And we give them to girls when they're going to go to deliver so that when they come home, they have a home-cooked love meal. We have women that come by weekly that I love to bake. They bring, they bring snacks every week. 
so that the girls, when they're coming to care, some of them are coming from school, some of them are coming from jobs and they're hungry, they have snacks. Some of them provide water. I mean, I promise you, you tell me something, I'll find a, play, a way to work it. We'll work it into it. So some girls can't come to our center because their car broke down and they don't have anyone to help them. So I'm like, you know how to fix cars? Give me a call. Some don't have gas money. We're working on a grant right now to get gas cards for these girls so that they can get to the center. Because I, I don't want that to be the reason to not get help. So if you have anything, pray about it. Ask God where he can use you and what you can do. And my cards are in the back. Our numbers are in the back in the center. Call and let me know what God, where God leads you. Um, like I said, maybe you're just going to be a mentor and we send girls to you. So that being said, I do want to say thank you again for allowing me to have this time. Loving choices, as y'all can tell, is my passion. And I love what God's called me to do. Some days are hard, but I, I absolutely love what God's called me to do. Um, Alexandra, our newest member, a little bit about her. Um, when I first started as the executive director three years ago, God gave me a vision. It was called the M&M Project. And it was men and mobiles. And I'm like, I go in, and of course, it's never been men in Loving Choices. It's never been a mobile unit in Loving Choices. And these women were like, you want to do what? But I knew that's what God had called me to. So Alexandra was um, a, a vision I had that God had gave me. And so I called Save the Stork. I had a group of teenage kids that wanted to do something that raised $10,000 on bake sales to give me at my affiliation fee to be able to get Alexandra. And they couldn't have it themselves, but they wanted to, to sew in. And every month they have bake sales and they bring money in to support her in any way that they can. The other thing that we do is um, she goes out, like I said, to Prairie Grove one day. She goes out to um, Nonprofit Center Rogers one day. She was in Fayetteville. I find it hard to believe some people don't love her like I do. <laughs> so she was asked to be moved at one place, but that's okay. God's bringing another place. But her name is Alexandra because this lady had a baby, and I may say this wrong if you're a medical field, I apologize. She had anencephalitis where she doesn't grow her brain, so she knew her baby was going to die, but she wanted her baby to be remembered. So she called and gave us a grant so that we could support and have our mobile unit, and that's why her name is Alexandra. She's named after a little girl that didn't make it, that her mom wanted her to be remembered. And I get to call her mom and say, she saved another life today. So she gets very excited. So I want you to each take a moment after the service, pick up a baby bottle, fill it with your $100 bills or your change, whichever you prefer, and then take a tour on our mobile unit. Go see what it looks like. It's top-notch. So... And mo most of all, I just ask that each of you will just pray. Loving Choices is on the front line, and sometimes it's, it's a hard job. So just keep us in your prayers and prayfully consider how God can have you do something for Loving Choices. Glory to God. Um, what I felt to do was I, I wanted... Um, Dana to stay up here because I was going to have her pray but you know I, I, I knew this girl in high school that she, um, she had had an abortion and I remember that she once a year would write letters mm. to you know to her baby um, you know just apologizing and 
And I'm sure, you know, she was dealing with that remorse and regret from doing that. And what I wanted you to do is not point anybody out, not ask anybody to raise hands or anything or have an altar call for that. But I wanted you to pray for that because, you know, she's right. You can't get over things by yourself. Everybody. Uh, you know, we need support around us. Uh, too many times people try to handle things on their own. They try to get over a habit and an addiction, um, you know, or whatever it is. And they fail time and time again because they don't have any support around them. And, you know, if a football team, uh, if a quarterback needs four coaches to support him so that he can be the best quarterback, how many of you know, you know, we need support around us so that we can be successful. And what I wanted you to do was I wanted you to take a moment and there may be some women in here that are dealing with that or maybe you know someone, maybe you have a loved, uh, a loved one, family member that has gone through that and you're wondering how do I pray for them? How can I support them? It may be that God wants you to reach out to them and begin to love on them, you know, and look for ways that you could help and be a support. You know, Jesus made a powerful statement. He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. Condemnation is not what people need. Okay, let, let me tell you a story to support this. Okay, just short here. <laughs> my dad had a 1971 Dodge Challenger. It was my dream car. I loved that car. And, um, and I remember I asked him one time, I was 15. I said, Dad, can I back it out of the driveway? <laughs> You let me back it out of the driveway because he was going to put it somewhere. I don't remember. And he goes, okay. And he threw me the keys. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> so I got, I got in the Challenger. And if you know anything about the power steering back in those days, it wasn't what it is today. And, I mean, you hit something and that power steering goes, Whizz! I mean, it just spins, you know, and the tire turns. So you always had to have a grip. And, you know, it was one of those deals you go down the highway, you're always constantly adjusting it back and forth so that you could stay between the lines, you know, in those old cars. And so anyway, so I backed out and, and I, when I hit the bottom, you know, hit where you come out of the driveway and the driveway was a little bit of an incline. You hit that bottom, you know, where the drain goes. Um, my tires spun on me because I didn't have a good grip on the wheel. And instead of hitting the brake, I hit the oh. gas. <laughs> so my dad's watching this whole thing. And, and he had a Plymouth. He had, remember those big old boat Plymouths, you know, that were so square? He had one, and it had, it was four-door. And so I dented, I hit the back door and dented the door. Well, then, of course, I rolled forward after that, and I thought I'd hit the brake again. I hit the gas again. I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't going to help you, okay? So just don't be thinking I want to tell you all my dirt. But... Anyway, so I hit the gas again, and then I dented the front door. Oh, I hit the front door. Well, all I could do at that point was I pulled forward, and I just left the car in the middle of the street, threw it in park, jumped out, <laughs> and ran in the house crying. I mean, I was, I was, not, I was so sad. And I remember my dad, he came in. You, you actually saw my dad on that video. He was the one with the water bottle at the end there, sitting next to Mom. But... He, he came walking in. I was sitting at the dining room table, and I was just beating myself up over this. And people that have abortions, they're beating themselves up, okay? We, don't, we can beat ourselves up all by ourselves, right? Amen? 
How many of you can beat yourself up by yourself? And so I'm just beating myself up. And I remember my dad came in and he sat down. He didn't say anything for a moment. Then he said, you know, he said, I used to work on a farm. And I remember one time my uncle told me on the farm, when you drive my truck, I've got those big antennas on there. Don't drive under trees. Okay. Just when you drive the truck out in the pasture, don't go under the trees. Well, my dad forgot. And he and he shot under a tree one time and he bent both of those antennas all the way over. And and he's telling me the story. And he said, I said, well, what'd your uncle do? He said, well, he looked at me and he goes, no problem. And he got in the truck and he backed it up and bent them back up, you know, where they were. <laughs> and, and, and as he's telling me this story, I said, Dad, what's the point? And he said, son, it's just a car. He said, you know, dings buff out. They can be fixed. And I want you to know this morning, dings in your life can be fixed. It's the devil that wants you to continue to beat yourself up over what's happened. Generally, with both of us up here, we we hit the guys and the girls. And I know we've talked a lot about the girls today. But we know, we know of a man who 30-some years ago, he had his wife at the time have have an abortion. I don't know if he made her, but it was an agreed upon, but it was his decision. And he did that twice. And the rest of his life, he said, I I couldn't have any more kids. It was his own choice. It was kind of like the lady you were talking about. He said, because I I thought God would, would maim a child that I would try to have. But my point is, People live with regrets that we were never designed to carry, girls and guys. And we're all affected. We're all connected to someone who has hurt, who has regret, who have made choices that they can't change, but that's in their past. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how to hold someone, how to trust someone, how to hold them accountable. You don't bring up someone's past. God doesn't bring up our past. But God holds us accountable for today and tomorrow. And that's what we do with our loved ones, with the people that we know that have made choices, that, they're, that they have a hurt on the inside and they don't know how to get rid of. They try to fill it up. They try to cover it up. Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Really, I'm okay. I'm a strong girl myself. And I'm like, you know, you fall down, you brush yourself off. I can do this. I can, I'm okay. But there's, there's, all, there, there's, there's a, a chip. There's a chip, which is a, a fault line. And if too much stuff gets put on us, what happens to that fault line? It's going to fall apart. It's going to break because we're not healed. We're not whole. And that's not just for girls, that's for guys too. And it may have been 40 years ago. You may have made a decision to end a life. Maybe you thought, well, I didn't know it then. Well, you know it now, and we're responsible for what we know. That it is a life from the moment of conception. 
And so if, if, if you're here today and, and, and you're dealing with stuff as a man or a woman, God doesn't just glue the fault line. He doesn't just paint over the chip. My prayer is that there's no scar tissue whatsoever, that he makes you brand new. And it can happen here right now, right now today. And we agree with you and we love you. No matter what you've done, no matter what we've done can keep us away from God. That's how much he loves us. And I don't have words to share with you how big and how great and how far and how wide God's love is for me and for you. We love you. So let's, yeah. So let's bow our heads all around the room. And Dana, would you pray? Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity, first and foremost, Father God, to help people see the hurt that people are feeling, God. I just pray, God, that people realize it's not the unpardonable sin. And if someone here or you know someone, God, that has been suffering from a past abortion, past choices they made, God, I just pray that today they find healing and that they will seek help, Father God, because there is forgiveness. I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your love, God. And I just thank you that you give a boldness to people that they can bring up their past long enough to get healed from it, Father God, and that they can move on with you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Can you give Jesus a hand clap just for a minute? Wow. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.